Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast After Dark, the after show for the Slash Filmcast. This week's Slash Filmcast After Dark is a little bit different. We got a follow-up to our top 10 episodes. We got special categories for movies that didn't quite make it into our top 10 or honorable mentions. Now, I do want to acknowledge that before we get to this, this, uh, this, this segment, these questions, these categories have been brazenly ripped off from another film podcast, and that is the Film Spotting SVU podcast, hosted by Matt Singer and Alison yeah. Wilmore, RIP. I love that podcast. Um, but they used to do these uh, these things called the Svoovies, because it's called Film Spotting SVU, and uh, they would put together these kind of interesting other categories for movies from the year 2020. And so I thought, let's do this for the show. It's gone over pretty well. And because we were running pretty long on the, the episode, I thought, let's split it off into the After Dark so you can enjoy it separately. But I would say to get the most out of this, you got to listen to our top 10 episode, which came out earlier this week. Check that out. Then tune into this episode for our special categories for the movies of 2020. We should also thank patrons who are listening yes. to this as a patron benefit. We are so grateful that you support us and our show at patreon.com slash film podcast. Yes. And uh, this is the, at this point, the last patreon specific episode that's going to be released on the main feed so if you uh have not made the jump to patreon.com slash film podcast and you want to continue to enjoy these after darks make sure you head on over to patreon.com slash film podcast and uh pull the trigger okay so let's get to special categories let's start uh with the following category movie they didn't get now Hmm. this is kind of a uh a stand-in for like yeah, uh, underrated movie. Now, I, I also want to say every year when we do this, I want to call out uh, underrated can mean a lot of things. It is incredibly subjective. It can mean uh, didn't make enough money at the box office. It can mean I didn't see enough people tweeting about it. It can mean Rotten Tomato score is too low. It, it can literally mean anything. So okay. category okay. is virtually. Why, yeah, that's ahead. why it's better that we use the they didn't get thing that we ripped off obviously but i think it's a, such a better phrasing because it's it i think it's clearer to indicate hey yeah this is a movie i care about but other people didn't seem to appreciate it or get it the way i did you know indeed indeed mm-hmm. um so jeff let's start with you what's a movie they didn't get you liked it they didn't get it though. I loved it. this movie, and it almost made my my top ten. I didn't make it an honorable mention because it it felt so perfect in this category of a movie that they didn't get. And it's called Scare Me, which uh, yeah. is a movie that was on a Shutter. It is a uh, ostensibly a horror movie, although not really. Uh, it's more of this storytelling, this exploration of storytelling. And uh, it is a very small-scale film. It's basically three characters, mostly two characters, stuck inside a cabin, telling each other scary stories. And, um, you know, it evokes for me, you know, Dungeons & Dragons, which I love, which I, I make a show about. Um, it, it evokes language and theater. Uh, there, It is basically... Like an almost an improvised, it's not improvised, it's a written film, but it, it feels like the characters are improvising a story, but they get the benefit of awesome sound design along with it and cool camera angles. Uh, I just adored this movie. I, I loved its use of language, the way it told the stories, 
the way the actors acted them out and 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 personified told these 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 you know weaving a yarn these rip roaring narratives that are it's just words it's just people in a cabin telling each other stories it's not cutting to the story and seeing it all acted out it's just people saying words to each other and i love movies like that my favorite movie of all time is my dinner with andre so you know i'm into just language and 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 people and actors acting scare me was fantastic and i know almost no one else that liked it <laughs> so <laughs> it is very much a movie for me that i loved that they did not get uh yeah i actually watched this on shutter on your recommendation and uh i i liked some things about it but ultimately uh overall the movie didn't work for me so i'm you one of they the, i'm one you, of i am they yeah. i be they i yeah. be they Devinder Hardar, do you have a movie they didn't get? You know, I kind of had a hard time finding something for this category just because, uh, I, I don't know, things I like this year seemed like everybody kind of agreed. One oh, I'll kind oh, of point yeah. out. Yeah. Ba- basically, uh, you liked everything. that Like, everyone respected your amazing opinion. No, Devinder's yeah, got yeah, his yeah, finger clearly. on the pulse. Of He's got a finger opinion. on the pulse. I know yeah. what's yeah. up. You know what but the cool no. kids are doing on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's the thing. I can't I can't think of something I'm annoyed with. Uh, may, the one thing I can kind of point to is maybe The Old Guard. And this is a movie, it's well-reviewed. It's 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I talked to a lot of people that like it. But I've also you know, talked to folks who look at it as just another dumb Netflix action movie. And I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. Because this is a movie that uh, it does, you know, it's based on a comic. It kind of feels like a comic book movie at times. And I love what Gina Prince-Bythewood does with these characters because you get a sense that, Oh, these people have fought together for thousands of years and they kind of talk about this history and they talk about the, the life of being basically an immortal and how difficult and shitty that can be, but also, you know, the relationships and the kind of memories you can have from doing that. I just love so much about the texture of this movie and I love the action as well. Like we talked about this in our review, there are some things that are probably a little too flowery, you know, that probably wouldn't wouldn't fit into like a, a high quality Hong Kong action movie or something. But I think it does a lot of great things. There are definitely some great teamwork choreography I see here. And yeah, this is a great movie about teams and how you can kind of succeed together. And I found a lot to love in that. Well, proving that these, you know, proving my statement made moments ago about how these categories are completely arbitrary. Yeah, this whatever. Is, this is... In my category of movie we didn't get, <laughs> which is this this is a movie that has an eighty percent plus on Rotten. Yeah, I would, again, I was directing base. right at you, right at you. Once right, again. right, right. Once Just again, like, yeah. David is they. Is they? <laughs> I, I am they. And uh, and this is a movie that was praised to high heaven uh, on online, and uh, I didn't I didn't hate it or anything. I thought it was fine. It's completely fine. The action scenes are fine. The world building is fine. Charlie's Theron is fine. It's not bad, uh, but it just is a movie that really I felt like uh, it, it did not light my world on fire. But uh, respect that like, a lot of people, other people enjoyed it. But th- that is the movie I didn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know, one person's trash, another person's treasure is uh, yeah. purposes categories. Beauty, okay. beauty, beauty of opinions. Beauty of opinions. Okay, guys, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put something weird on this one. Okay, uh-huh. I, I'm gonna put a movie that you probably don't even know came out this year. <laughs> yeah, was it a screener that you got? No, 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 no. They okay. didn't nope, get nope, it nope. because nobody else has seen it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Okay. Um, I'm going to say a movie they didn't get uh, is Underwater. Ah. The, uh, William I've been Eubank. meaning to see this just because you spoke yeah. so positively about the, it. A lot, of, the, a lot Will, of folks are praising it, yeah. The William Eubank <laughs> science fiction action horror film that stars uh, uh, Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is like a like a mid-budget sci-fi film. It's like around $50 million budget, $50, $60 million budget. Um, a movie that I, I don't, like, my guess is a movie like this will, will never be made again. Uh, maybe... Maybe once in a once a a year, once every six months, a movie like this will be made. But like this is well, a, this it is feels like, kind of like a Netflix movie, to be honest. But yeah, okay, yeah. But like, it, I mean, I would argue if you look at this and compare it to a Netflix movie, like mm-hmm. the difference is obvious. Like the the, the I, I just think the production value is really high. Sure, sure. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a I know this is shocking for a movie called Underwater, but it's a movie that takes place entirely underwater. Very and hard to shoot. Uh, yeah. it's hard to shoot. It's hard to shoot underwater and make it look interesting and make it look real mm-hmm. um, and not actively be subjecting your actors to danger. And I feel like this movie accomplished that. It's not, this is a 47% Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it, it's not a movie that I'm like, oh, it's my top 10. Like, how dare you guys not acknowledge it? But it's a movie that I like, hey, this is, this is a yeah. lot of fun. It's a really well-made genre film. Yeah. And I think that like, People didn't get it. It came out in January, which is typically, you know, one of the dump months where like bad movies are released. Um, but I think, uh, hey, you'll. It's kind of like you know, it reminds me of like Crawl, another movie that came out like last year. Sure. Uh, that's which like I know sleeper, a lot more people like really dug. Yeah. Right. It's like a sleeper horror hit uh, or a sleeper horror film that's like pretty good. Um, but that's a movie they didn't get. Is Underwater? I thought it was solid, and mm-hmm. uh, it really didn't. Did I mean it made forty million dollars, which is not bad at all. Uh, but certainly did not get it to do, in my opinion. So anyway, you, you know what's it, fun, Dave? It's it's really fun to see you praise underwater and just <laughs> shit on the old guard. Just shit on. <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> I don't hilarious. think I I don't think I shit on anything, but that's just me. Anyway, um, underwater. By the way, streaming right now on HBO Max. So I not I I've been meaning to. I've seen it like yeah, pop yeah, up yeah. on my yeah. feed or whatever they call it. You know, my homepage a couple of times. Like now on HBO Max. And I keep remembering you praising it. Maybe this will be the thing that puts me over the it's top. Pretty, it's, it's pretty good. It's not it's like, like 80 minutes, right? It's not even that long. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very short. Yeah. This was the movie that dared to cast TJ Miller once again after all his like garbage. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, I think that was maybe a thing holding it back. Yeah. Let me guess. He plays a wry, wisecracking <laughs> guy who maybe underestimates the danger that is happening around him. Um, yeah, the, there was also, by the way, there's a movie that I wanted to watch that might've been on my top 10, uh, uh, that might've also been in this category, which would have been, um, uh, Swallow. You guys heard of this movie, Swallow? I haven't, I didn't have a chance to watch it. I heard this movie is really underrated. I'm looking forward to checking it out, but, um, this was, this is also something I was thinking of watching that um, might make it on this list. And as you finally, were mainlining everything for this year. Yeah. As I was mainlining everything. Uh, also, I've heard this movie make it onto people's like underrated list is uh, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Yes. Which is a movie I've been seeing that top on lots yeah. of top tens. Yeah. yeah. I actually watched it in preparation for my top ten. Um, it did not make my top ten, but it is a good slow burn drama that obviously shows uh, a character going through something that many people go through, but shows it in a way that we don't often see on screen. And so uh, I think it's uh, it's good. 
it's good. It is also streaming on HBO Max, by the way. So never, rarely, sometimes, always, and Underwater uh, and Swallow. Those are the movies I mentioned. Okay. Movie we didn't get. I've already mm. listed the old guard. I'm also going to put bonus Queen's Gambit on there, uh, but that's a TV that's show. That's not a movie. We, enough. Yeah. We know. I dare you. We don't <laughs> care about the Queen's Gambit, Dave. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> movie we didn't get, Jeff Kanata. If, uh, by the way, if you had uh, Dave mentions Queen's Gambit on your 2021 <laughs> bingo card, yeah, you win. Easy bingo. Uh, I have uh, sadly quite a few that fit into this category. Uh-huh, movie, uh-huh. A movie that I didn't get that everybody else seems to. Yep. Uh, in fact, I'll add one more to this list based on the top tens that you guys gave. I'm going to put uh, The Invisible Man on there because I, I, I don't understand how it made both of your top tens. I I mean, wow. I, I, there's something I really mean, cool about that movie. Other than being but... a perfect movie, Jeff. I don't, I don't really. <laughs> so not, I just didn't yeah. feel like it was perfect. I... I, I didn't. I didn't not enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it. I just don't get the fawning love of it. But that's you know that's the, exactly what this category is all about. Um, couple of others, Relic, which you guys know I did not care for, and both of you really liked, um, and I think a lot of people liked. Uh, and another movie that woo did not woo, did not work for me, Shirley. Which oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. on a number of top ten lists around the internet, and woo did not did not like. So both both of the the uh, Elizabeth Moss movies, I guess, I just didn't work for me. Wow, what a hater! I wow. I, I apologize. I think she's amazing, but I I neither of those neither of those. I'm calling I got. the Scientology cups. Yeah, yeah. We got this amazing listener email about relic that um i hold on let me see uh didn't we, didn't we read it already mm-hmm. i don't i don't Back think i read day? this on, i don't think i read it on the air I think uh, you did. I, i'm pretty sure i i forwarded it to you guys i intended to read it i never read it on the air but to me this email that we were using, can i read this jeff is it okay if yeah i, read this I mean it'll email? make me feel even worse that i didn't like the movie but okay so uh, in order to read this like I, I don't think i ever read this email because it requires me to spoil relic so i dude, that's why i never read it go ahead i think you did but okay if you maybe you didn't it's possible. okay all right well sorry if you're reading if you're hearing this twice but i'm i'm like i'm almost certain i didn't because in my mind i'm like i gotta read this email sometime and i never did but anyway <laughs> someone will write it and prove me wrong but or me uh this email comes into slash gmail.com and in order to read this email i need to spoil relic so if you haven't seen relic uh skip forward by like two minutes but but before i read this email the ending of relic right basically uh this character's mother has been has dementia is kind of acting out and is frightening to everyone and the final scene of relic uh she all her like skin comes off and she's just this kind of withered woman you know who's like really helpless and this email uh really put it together for me this person writes in they want to be anonymous so um they write in hi guys first time writing to the show since you guys are reviewing relic i wanted to see it so i could be in on the conversation i did not know anything going in besides the poster i thought i was in for a spooky short and fun horror movie uh to my surprise i ended up sobbing for an hour afterwards i was not expecting to relate to this movie on such a deep and personal level i grew up in a rough family with an abusive father 
After coming to America, my mother was able to separate from my father when I was younger. Unfortunately, my elder siblings and mother took most of the abuse and it left a toll on my family. Growing up with the remains of what was left in my father's wake, life was very difficult. After high school, I moved to Washington to try and start something for myself and maybe build something here for my mother and my siblings. My mother became very ill and had to have open heart surgery. No one in my family could take care of her needs because they were going through their own problems with drug addiction and alcoholism, things they leaned on to cope. So I decided to take up the task. I left my job and life to take care of my mother as she took care of us. I spent many days and weeks at the hospital and years trying to get her back on her feet. We fought and had arguments, bouts of anger she would have with me, and the stories of things my father did. We bled together through the rough times with tensions at a constant high, but we were together and we had each other. Watching the movie, Relic, I recognized my mother in Edna. I remember carrying my mother up a flight of stairs to our apartment, laying her down on her bed, and staying with her when she was scared and uncertain of the next struggles. The stigma of a divorced wife had always lingered for my relatives, which was always in the air at family gatherings. Everyone saw her as a family wrecker, while my father came away with a reputation untarnished because of the patriarchal structure of our culture, leaving my mother in a bad mental state with bouts of self-harm. So everyone saw my mother as a monster that was just now a weight on my siblings and I. They could not see the woman underneath that had been through so much the person everyone avoided and shunned that I would gladly lay beside. I was so moved I had to send this email in to thank you guys for getting me to see this movie. It really fucked me up cathartically. Things are better now many years later. Love the show. Thanks for everything. Wow. Beautiful mm-hmm. and moving, and it makes me feel even worse for not connecting to the movie, but I'm glad others do. Yeah, I mean, this how, is why it's in this category, you, right? Jeff? How dare it, you, Yeah, That's but, why, but, that's yeah, why this category is best not expressed as overrated right more as we, didn't, we didn't get it i, didn't I just it, yeah. i didn't connect but to it that way I, I i honestly didn't connect to it that way until this email you know yeah. like i i thought the movie was like oh yeah that's pretty pretty good pretty, pretty good horror film but then when you watch that last scene of relic and you see this mother you, like basically this person who to other people is a monster you see them for who they really are which is just this weakened, withered husk of a person who's like clinging on to their humanity. Uh, and yeah, like watching that last scene, reading this email, it really kind of unlocked it for me. So thank you, listener out there, anonymous listener who wrote this email in. Thanks for, uh, I also asked their permission to share it on the air uh, and they granted it. So thank you for that as well. Um, but that's Relic. That's movie uh, Jeff didn't get. Um, and I think that's all of our movies we didn't get. No, I didn't talk about mine. The one I didn't get. Oh, go, go ahead, Devendra. I think you guys could probably probably guess, but uh, for me, it's uh, it's the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Mm. <laughs> this movie sits at ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety-one percent audience score, and you know I'm seeing it pop up on top ten lists and everything, and. I can understand liking this movie. It's 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 perfectly fine to to use the fine phrase that Dave is using. You know, like it is. It's fine. It's a perfectly fine you know court film. But I also I think it makes me angry because so much of it is just so so utterly toothless. Right. This movie really comes down to like the the emotional catharsis uh, catharsis of this movie is uh, the realization that you know, uh, somebody didn't mean the words they said in the way they said it. It's like, it's like a, it is such an Aaron Sorkin thing to kind of hinge the critical moment of the movie, right, on this thing. I just, this movie kind of annoys me in so many ways, but also I think a lot of the performances in this thing are just not 
great. Uh, I don't know what Eddie Redmayne is doing in this, but he looks like an absolute alien pretending to be an American. And uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's Chicago accent. Like, I could never really get into this movie because of these performances. And also, I like Aaron Sorkin. I like him just fine. But I think, especially as a director, maybe he needs a little help Like when it comes to crafting these narratives. Because Molly's Game was really cool for a while. I feel like that movie just went on way too long and like he didn't know how to like hold it, hold himself in. I think he's got a great movie. Like I, I think he has the potential to direct a truly great movie someday. And maybe, I don't know, maybe if like somebody like he'll listen to people with script notes or something, but I just think so much of this movie feels completely misguided and doesn't actually say much about the, the like resistance movement of that time. Like what, there's so much more this movie can say. And instead of being really strong-willed about it and like trying to give us like an actual portrayal of what's happening, instead he'll do the thing where the, you know, the prosecutor also has his moments of being a good guy. When in that case, from what we've seen and from what history can tell us, yeah, the system was not good to these people. And especially, you know, the one black person who was a part of this trial. So a lot this movie just disappointed me. And then when I saw something like Mangrove, I'm like, this is it. This is how you this is what this is why you make a movie about, you know, about a famous trial, about people who were protesting and people who were standing against injustice. I just feel like Trial of Chicago Seven feels like somebody cosplaying you know, a resistance fighter or something. I I think you're being extremely harsh on this film is how I feel about it. I mean, I think that I, let uh, me be harsh because everybody else loves it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, a couple of things. I think you're, I I think Eddie Redmayne is actually good in this movie. I don't know what that you're, what you're coming on on him about. That was, um, so I will say Shasha Baron Cohen, by the way, is doing a Bostonian accent in this. So the fact that you, but I I don't blame you for not knowing. It's not a great accent. Um, either. Like it's not, (laughs) I don't know what he's going for and I don't, the whole stand-up bit thing he's doing, like so, so much of the structure of this movie. Yeah, the structure, the structure is what weird. I will say the structure is weird because you start out in the perspective of the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character, and you're like, oh, we're going to be with Joseph Gordon-Levitt this whole time. Is yeah, he the good like, guy? And then, right? and then it completely shifts perspective. It shifts perspective like five times during the course of the movie. Uh, it, I, I think it does try to do too much. I didn't, I didn't. It didn't make my top 10. I enjoyed it when I watched it, and then it kind of lessened upon reconsideration. Um, but I do think you're being too harsh on it. And of course, Jeff, uh, you love this movie. It was an honorable mention for you, right? Yeah. I I, I mean, obviously, Devinger's, you know, entitled to his perspective on it. I, I just, uh, I, had, I had a lot of fun with these characters, and I thought that, I mean, fun, I guess, is a dumb word to use there, but... I, it is certainly I lo- entertaining. Like, I, I yeah, think I love the exchanges. Of all, yeah. all of the, you know, it's it's fun. Aaron Sorkin, uh, you know, I always describe his movies as being action movies, and instead of sure. car chases and explosions, you have turns of phrase. And I, I'm I'm a sucker for that stuff. I dig it, and I think there's plenty of it here. And I think, um, you know, I, I I didn't find the faults that you find in it. I, I can see where you're coming from on some of it, but it it I I, I agree with Dave that I think it struck a chord in you that. Sure. Is, it definitely did. Do you guys remember yeah. Jeremy Strong in this movie? What is what is uh, happening? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty rough. Pretty rough. Pretty rough. <laughs> Je- Jeff, I am curious. I am legit curious though about your thoughts on um, uh, Mangrove. I want to um, see it. I, I so, yeah. honestly, I feel bad. I wish that I'd watched that instead of Lovers Rock. I, I liked Lovers Rock a lot. I don't get me wrong, but I it it seems to be more of the movie that would have 
potentially made my list. Um, because I think but, for me and Devendra, it's just like, wow, this movie just like Mangrove just feels so much more essential. Well, it's, than, it's also uh, it's than Trial it's Chicago an 7. angry like it's a movie that is making a statement, right? A very clear statement about what happened and what these people stood for. I well, don't again, feel again, like you're yeah. you're making me defend Trial of Chicago Seven, but like Trial of Chicago Seven also has stuff to say. It 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 might it is not as essential. It is not as important sure, of a sure, message sure. as Mangrove. It is about right progressivism and like the attitude, like what what are the best techniques that progressivism can take, and like the the contrast between the Sasha Baron Cohen character and the Eddie Redmayne sure. character, like it's it's largely about that now. That is less of an important issue, in my opinion, yeah, than what Mango yeah. tackles. But it's not about nothing. I think you're. Underselling I think. It I think what annoys me, by the way, though, is that that didn't exist. That actual like this statement Aaron Sorkin is making about these different styles of progressivism, it is, you know, just having read up a bit more about it. Like he, it seems like he definitely made a play about him trying to make a statement about using the situation to make his own statements, which is fine. It's totally fine, but I think it gets so swept yeah, up in you, the air you, and you can say it's yeah. not a message that resonated with you, and I think that's completely fine. But it didn't have no message, so I, I don't want to. It certainly didn't have no this. message. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, that's Trial of Chicago Seven. <laughs> Obviously, a movie that uh, pretty contentious, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, but those are movies we didn't get. Okay, let's talk about most disappointing movie of 2020. Now. Last year, I went back and listened to our top movies, like top movies of 2020, uh, 2019 episode, and we all had the most disappointing movie, like the same movie for most disappointing movie. Do you guys remember what that was? No, I don't remember anything from twenty nineteen, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh... <laughs> was that in our five hundredth episode? <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, good one. It was interesting because when I brought up the category most disappointing movie, all all three of us knew exactly what it was. And it was the same movie, uh, and that would be Star Wars Episode Nine's Rise. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I feel that Wonder Woman is this year. Yep, uh, that is exactly what I listed as my most disappointing yes. movie: Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty-four. Oh, wow. I mean, it makes sense. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's the same, the same one. It's history what? repeating itself. So we can always come together to hate the bad superhero <laughs> movies. <laughs> Our tastes, what we like may be varied, but what we hate is <laughs> laser focused. Well, I, I think hate is a strong, well, yeah, I guess no, Jeff disappointed, hated it. Disappointed, Jeff hated disappointing. disappointing. <laughs> I did um, hate it. Uh, Jeff went on a Hulk smash moment on the, on the podcast last week. Um, but I think that. Uh, I hated it because it had so much potential, yeah. right? It, 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 mm -hmm. it could have been. Great. The first one is really good. It's very entertaining and fun. I mean, I kept saying it was the it was the movie that made me believe in the DCU. Like that that was going to be a thing because of that first Wonder Woman movie. It was like, "Okay, they get it. They understand. They know how to make, you know, inspiring, aspirational, fun, thrilling, cool movies." And this one just shits the bed so hard. So hard. Did you, Jeff, I sent you this video that former guest of the show Movie Bob made about um, what happened with Wonder Woman 1984. Did you have a chance to check that up? Any I did not. I apologize. No worries. No, you don't need to apologize. It's fine. Um, but former Slash Filmcast guest Movie Bob made a video trying to understand what happened with the Steve Trevor plotline in Wonder Woman 1984, right? <laughs> And I'll give I'll give away the the premise of the Steve Trevor plotline in Wonder Woman 1984, but like... For those who haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984 streaming right now on HBO Max, Steve Trevor comes back, but he comes back in another dude's body. 
right? Such a fucking weird choice, man. It's a weird choice. And basically, Movie Bob, like, without any information, but he basically puts together, like, there there were probably different versions of this movie. Like, Warner Brothers is, is, is so troubled as a studio, right? Like, they've just announced recently this week, I think, that there's going to be, like, two versions of Batman on the, on screen at once, right? Uh, or not, not in the same movie, but there's going to be, like, two parallel universes of Batmans, right? And, uh, and so the, the Warner Brothers, like DC comics things has been so troubled, the Snyder cut, like all this stuff that this movie probably went through many different, uh, versions and there had to have been a version where that, uh, decision to make Steve Trevor in some other dude's body was more meaningful to the movie because otherwise why make it, it happen? Makes no damn sense. Why, like, but not only why make it happen that way, why build a set? for that guy's house. Why, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like why shoot scenes at that guy's house? Like it makes yeah. no, it makes it like they wouldn't well, And the other thing that's out. crazy. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, again, a lot of points I didn't get to last week, but, and I don't need to rehash them here. One of them though, is that clearly it seems to me, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Clearly the end of the movie was a pickup. Because now all of a sudden Wonder Woman isn't a summer movie. It's a Christmas movie. Right. And so they have this scene in Christmas time that is the only payoff for there being this other <laughs> dude is like this raw, this meeting she has of the other guy who she has already fucked. Like she fucked that dude. And he has no idea. Yeah. Against his will. Mm. So so anyway. It's uh, so weird if you take any moment to think it through. Agree. 100% agreed. And I think that there there had to have been, like, and also they give the guy a job. He's an engineer, right? Yeah. So it's very possible that he was going to plug into the plot in a bigger way. Um, and it just didn't work out because they're like, hey, guess what? That guy who is going to become, like, the main superhero in another film we're not doing that film anymore. You know, like it's, it's, it yeah. feels extremely likely that there was another scenario where that guy, that decision was going to be important and it never did. So all I'm saying is not that the movie is good, but that um, it might be bad for reasons beyond the control of the director or the screenwriters or editors. You know what I mean? Like uh, there might have been studio decisions. <laughs> no, no, not really. Not really. Okay. Um, so two other categories left. Most anticipated movie, and then best movie of 2021, if distinct from mm. that. But I, I have a separate movie for each one. Yeah, of those, yeah, okay? yeah. This is now, to me. Oh, by the way, the the favorite movie of 2021 yes. is to me the saddest category <laughs> <laughs> because we could just do a cut and paste of last year's episode. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Mm -hmm. So when I said most anticipated movie of 2020, 2020 last year. The movies we listed for most anticipated movie were the following. Uh-huh. Dune. Yeah. Still on my still on my list. Still yeah. on my list. Top yep. Gun 2. <laughs> no no time to die. Coming to America. Uh, <laughs> and then the movies that actually did come out um Mulan and uh, Bill and Ted movie. Uh the Bill and Ted uh, Face the Music. Yeah. And also Tenet. Also Tenet. Uh, okay, so all that said, what is your most anticipated movie of 20... So, so basically, a lot of those movies didn't come out. So, yeah, Dune is still there for me, but also our, we're getting a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, mm -hmm. supposedly. So that. Uh, the, the, what, what is this movie? The um, 
It's got a it's got a temp title that I don't think is real. Um, soggy bottom is that the soggy one? bottom? Yeah, that's the, that's, I don't think that's actually going to be what it's called. But it's stars uh, Brandon um, uh, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Whitford. Excuse me, uh, Bradley Whitford. Bradley why why can I speak words? <laughs> Jesus, Bradley Cooper. It would be awesome if it was Bradley Whitford though. Mm, he would be. Um, anyway, I'm excited because it's a uh, it's him and it's he, him. he makes and he's he makes fantastic. good movies. Yeah. yeah. Davinder Hardwar, your most senti- so your 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 movie, Jeff, uh, un- untitled Paul Thomas Anderson project. Yeah. Uh, your Hardwar, most anticipated movie of 2021. I think my most anticipated is The Matrix Four, which is a movie we didn't even know was going to be a thing last year, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is actually one new entry to this list. But hey, I have coming a couple of streaming. Others. Yeah, coming to streaming, exciting. Um, but I do. I have a couple other here too, like the things we had mentioned before: No Time to Die, Coming to America, Mission Impossible Seven is going to happen. And uh, yeah, so that, a, that is my that is my most anticipated right now. Yeah, that, and there's going to be a Fast Top Gun movie time. and a Mission Impossible movie yes. in the same calendar calendar year, evidently. Yep, yep. Uh, which is unfortunate because I think if the same Tom Cruise action movie touches the same Tom Cruise action movie, Annihilation results. Yeah, but um, the good news is he'll constantly be running from himself. Yes. Indeed. Okay. And Devindra, go ahead. What was that last one? The uh, last one was Fast and Furious 9, which is a thing that's happening. It's so wild to me that there was a trailer for that. We know John Cena's in it. Like, there, it feels is like it, we've it, been waiting years for that movie. I but. don't know if that movie's going to come out. It's currently oh, yeah, slated I don't for know. April. It's I don't currently know. for April. When, when Universal pulled the trigger and they're like, we're delaying this a year, everyone was like, wow, you're overreacting. Turns out they were smart. Underreacting. And, uh, underreacting. That's the thing. Underreacting. Like, we might not have it together by April. Yeah. yeah. So, no universe where we have it together by April. Yeah. So, I don't know if it'll come out in April, but it very well may come out later in the year. Um, so, we'll see. You know, I, I was so. thinking, I had, a, I had a weird thought. Um, I kind of feel bad for somebody like Daniel Craig, you know, who, like, gets in this, like, insane kick-ass shape to make a Bond movie yeah. and then makes that Bond movie and then... Theoretically, we'll have to do press for that Bond yeah. movie like two years and after he made it. Meanwhile, he is—he's a dad who has to chase after like, his kids. You can't now, let so. yourself go. You can't <laughs> show up at the at you know on uh, on Colbert with a gut and be like, I'm, you know. And then they cut to the trailer, and you're walking out of the the ocean with a freaking six pack that you can shave ice on. You know, it's like, yeah. you, know you know what's interesting. You know what's interesting. Who I you know who I don't feel bad for? Daniel Craig. Yeah, it's weird. His it's weird. He's a guy right I don't feel bad yeah. for. Cause he this guy's got to be, stay in shape for two years for no reason. He gets, uh, <laughs> it sounds horrible. He gets to be James Bond. And he he's yeah. also, by the way, somebody who really doesn't enjoy being James Bond. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He wants like, to be that's out. why I picked him is because that dude does not want to stay on the James Bond fitness regimen. Listen, and, listen. He's James Bond. He's married to, to Rachel Weisz. He's, he's good. He's fine. Yeah, I know. He has he a good life. I'm just saying. I feel like uh, if, you're, if you go, okay, well, I, you know, if you're, if you're waking up, and eating eating no carbs for two extra years, and you're doing those freaking sit ups yeah. for two extra years, only because you're gonna be on Colbert and look like James Bond again. Whoa, that's 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 not. You should fun. just uh, have Kumail come in and be his stand-in for those. Fucking Kumail, dude! Did you just, see the picture he posted on New Year's Eve? Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, also the terrible discourse around it too. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, okay. Uh, my most anticipated Mission Impossible Seven. Uh, okay, best movie of 2021. This is the worst category because, yeah, as as Jeff indicates, not only is it a repeat of last year, but uh, also we are terrible at predicting 
what our best movie well, of the next year will be. we never know what's coming out. Correct. You know? That's what makes it so fun, Jeff, is this is the category <laughs> we know we're going to suck at. The problem is, um, so, so the problem with this category always is, and I don't know if it's still the problem now, but I think maybe it is. The problem is that the only movies you know are coming out in the following year are the big summer the tentpole movies. Right, right. And the, those the are smaller, never the movies. Yeah. yeah, like this film festival movies that get distribution during the year, like you never know. Nobody knew that movie. Sound of Metal was coming out in 2020, you correct, know? Correct, correct. But Jeff, <laughs> that's what makes it so fun is because yeah. it's, it's an opportunity, it's like you're uh we're like the clown at the circus that you can throw a, a baseball at and hopefully you fall in the dunk tank. That's basically, okay. uh, except you can't miss. You can't miss. Oh, so oh, that's fun. Last year, the movies that we listed for this category were Dune, mm-hmm. The Eternals, and also I listed wow. my uh, favorite movie of 2021 as Tenet, which to be fair, did make it into the honorable mentions for me. Didn't make it into my top 10 list, though. Close. Very close. Um, yeah, close. I mean, just a good, like, 10, 15, 18 spots away from my, my favorite movie. Closer of than uh, DNF, right? <laughs> did not finish. <laughs> what? That's what you get in, in if you, you you know didn't finish the race. They get list you as a DNF. Oh, I see. I see. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Devendra also shouted out The Gentleman, the Guy Ritchie film, and the rhythm uh, section, movies that woof. we sure. saw and promptly forgot. Very yeah. bad movies. Okay, so my choice for best movie of 2021 is going out on a limb, and I'm going to say The Matrix 4. Ooh. Wow. Um, I yeah. hope you're right, dude. I want it to be so good. I want it to be good. I want it to be the best. Yeah. It could, it's either going to be a disaster or it's going to be like, this is incredible. Yeah. M- more likely, it's going to be like the rogue one of The Matrix or something like that. It's going to be like, <laughs> I mean, that was pretty good, and it made the previous movies better. I, I, th- um, I think you really got to watch, um, you know, uh, Sense8 to really get a sense of what the Wachowskis are up to now to really you acclimate Sense8. yourself to it. I love Sense8, but can, I do not think Sense8 would be a, a show Dave would love. You know, I remember you checked out a couple. the Wachowskis redeem yeah. Matrix There's just one them. Wachowski right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, can this film redeem Matrix 2 and 3? Like, imagine watching this film and then Matrix 2 and 3 are better. You know, sure, yeah, uh, Th- that's the ultimate goal. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's happened before. And also, I, I love that uh, David Mitchell has a co-writing credit on this too. Nice. Like, you know, what's it happened before too? Yeah. What do you? Well, I would to? say I would say Rogue One is probably falls in that category. Like, you could you could Made argue that a New Hope better. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, you can say I like, mean, it hey, like cleared up one tiny cleared, line. <laughs> it cleared up this massive plot hole that has been bothering people for years. Sure, sure. Yeah, nobody enjoyed A New Hope until they cleared up that one weird line that they say in that one map scene. I mean, I don't know if you guys know, like Star Wars criminally underrated, underrated uh, <laughs> yes. film. Like nobody's enjoyed no that one talks until about Rogue One came out. No one talks about it. Yeah. No one talks about it. You, you know what though, I. I hope it doesn't like even try to do anything with the last movie. Like, be, do your own thing. Uh, make okay, something okay. New, please. Here's one. Um, here's one, Jeff. Um, uh, Godfather Part Two uh-huh. <laughs> made the Godfather better. Yes, dude. Okay, uh, it didn't. Re- I mean, okay, it didn't but the Godfather it. was. Uh, yeah. it, 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 but Godfather One wasn't bad, but it retroactively made Godfather One better. I guess. No, I, 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 if that's what the point you were making is that is that sometimes the sequel makes the previous movie better. But you're talking about movies that people did not like. Magically turning them into movies they did like. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, I, 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 yeah. That would be amazing yeah. if it did. You've dug yourself into a Matrix yeah. Revolution's hole over here. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're, I mean, you know, 
Yeah. I can't deny that what you're saying is true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Jeff Kanata, do you have a choice for best movie of 2021, knowing that this is a meaningless category we never got right? Uh, I uh, inadvertently read the Paul Thomas Anderson movie uh, in this for the previous category when I should have. Uh-huh. I was saving it for this category. I see. Uh, but yeah, so I was going to say Dune is still my most anticipated, most anticipated. And the Paul Thomas Anderson was going to be the one that I think will be the best. All right. That's not a bad choice, dude. That's like a pretty solid bet. If if that movie is not in my top 10 list, I would consider it to be a massive failure. Right. I I think like a massive failure on your part, a massive failure on your part to guess. Well, no, I mean, I think my ex, (laughs) no, no, my expectation with Paul Thomas Anderson movies like there's some teams that you just expect to be competing for a Super Bowl every year, you know? And that's that's kind of how I feel about Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Like they they don't come around very often, but when they do, they're always contending for my favorite movie of the year. Or the Did best you movie. I don't recall you liking Phantom Thread that much though. Did you like Are Phantom you joking? Thread? I fucking love that movie. Okay, never mind then. I, never I do mind. not recall. But what about what about Inherent Vice, which is a movie I feel like I did only not like I Inherent Vice. Okay, that Inherent is, Vice was yeah, yeah that was not that cool. is the one that is the that is the exception that that proved the rule. Did not love it. Did I not love, love it. No, but that much. is the only yeah. one. That's the only one that I didn't love. Okay, Devinder Hardware, any guesses as to your be- uh, favorite movie of 2021? I think my favorite will probably end up being Dune. Like, just in terms of best movie and the thing we've been anticipating. I don't think, I think Villeneuve, like, knows, I trust in him at this point to do something high level with this, with this like, sci-fi property. And he's done so much. The dude, the dude made a Blade Runner sequel that I think is arguably better than the original. So, yeah, I'll trust him on this one. So, the final thing to discuss is what we think the movie going industry is going to look like in a year. Mm. Because let me tell you, I listened to our best movies of 2019 episode and we did not see it coming guys. You know, <laughs> we did that's, not that's see the real quick yeah. wait, before, before we go too far down that road, I just pulled up the top 10 list from 2017 and number four on my list is Phantom Thread. Okay, well, th- uh, that's my bad, Jeff. I, I-, I apologize. It-, it-, it was like me, you know, it was like you forgetting that, that we did a 500th episode, you know? Yeah, yeah um, except worse, way worse, though. Mm, you, you, is it, though? Is it? <laughs> is it worse? Sorry, you um, were saying. I was busy Googling and not paying attention to what you guys oh, were thanks. transitioning to. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, number four that. on my list. Uh, by the way, Davindra put it number six, and you didn't even put it on your list. So I liked Amazing. it the most. Amazing. <laughs> Of all of us. You showed me, Jeff. You showed me. Um, Okay. So we didn't predict the, uh, that the entire theatrical industry would be, uh, you know, upended due to a global pandemic this year. Uh, But can we make a prediction about where we will be next year? Here's a question. By a year from today, do you think you will have gone to see a movie in a theater again? Yes. I think so. I want yeah, to. I, think so. I want to yeah. say I yes. think there is a solid chance a- at least one of us will be vaccinated by then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, um, things are going terribly now, but uh, ideally by the middle of the year, like we, we, we can make this happen, you know? Man, I'm sitting here in Los Angeles. It is yeah. worse than it has ever mm-hmm. been here. Uh, mm-hmm. One in five people who are tested are positive right now. In Los Angeles, 700 people a day 
are taken out of their homes because they are too sick to stay at home. It is unsafe for them to stay at home and not be in a hospital. There is zero capacity in several counties in, in California for intensive care beds. Uh, it, it doesn't, it, we are so much worse today where I sit talking to you now in Los Angeles than at any point during this pandemic. I have a hard time. I mean, I want to, the, the rollout of the vaccination has been a complete debacle. Uh, it, I have a hard time. I, I don't want to be Mr. Doom and gloom, but man, I have a hard time imagining myself w walking across the street. I don't know if you guys know this, <laughs> but I live across the street from a movie theater. It does not take much wow, for me to get there. Thank you for sharing that. I'd love I don't to make know if that, that movie theater safely. will be around a year from now. That specific movie theater, I don't know. Yeah, AMC. Yeah. It's an AMC. Jeff, uh, I, I don't we, know, are, we are wishing the best for you. I, everything I've heard about LA is scary right now. And the thing is, it's with, terrifying. With, with hospitals full, it's not even just like you're afraid of COVID. You're afraid of any injury Dude, at all. Mm -hmm. My right? wife told me today w she would like us not to, even if we have to go anywhere. To only take surface streets, like the idea of getting into a car accident now right, right. is yeah. even more deadly than it normally would be because there's just no ambulances. There are no, their ambulances are, are, are sitting outside of hospitals for four to five hours with COVID patients inside them waiting for beds. It is it, like you cannot overstate how dire this is right now in and and yet we've got these fucking assholes protesting in malls it's just like yeah yeah so i have a hard time th seeing the light at the end of the tunnel i hope we i you know we have this episode next year at this time and we're all laughing about how scared we were and you know obviously not laughing at this no. awful tragedy human tragedy but it, we're, we're all you know laughing at how bleak we thought it would be and oh my gosh we're so happy that you know we got through this this terrible time and we got the other side of it i hope that's all the truth but man right now sitting here on january 4th or whatever it is right now i just fucking don't know i don't mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. how are you feeling about things devendra how are you feeling hey. about the next year i mean i think it, things are certainly bad and it's going to be bad for a while, but the fact that we've got, we've got two vaccines coming, we've got a completely, you know, useless administration on the way out. And we have like, at least Biden and crew are seem to be appointing people who know science and know what they're doing and can plan and deal with some of this. I think we need, like we need to be kicked into high gear in the sort of like, you know, a time of war emergency to get these vaccines out. There are stories about people, you know, that pharmacist who deliberately destroyed hundreds of vaccines. That made me so angry. You know, I, ca I cannot think of a more Im immoral thing to do. And he also gave it, you know, gave it to people because they, to make them think that it didn't work because I guess when they die, that's, that's aha, you gotcha. Uh, it is hard to be you know, hopeful right now, but I'm hoping that, with with all the changes and with these two vaccines and hopefully more coming and there's a lot of um talk about you know if we can make it work with a single dose that all of a sudden you know has the the time and the difficulty of doing this too so 
I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay safe. I hope everyone listening stays safe, but I'm trying to be helpful. And I think by the end of next year, I could see myself going into a theater, assuming, you know, I've been vaccinated and I still wouldn't go in like a crowded thing. And I'll be wearing a mask outdoors, you know, uh, in crowded areas for the foreseeable future, you know, because these vaccines aren't perfect. So there's still a lot, but yeah, maybe by the end of the year, we'll find some theater or something local. I want to keep indie theaters here alive. That's, uh, you know, that's what I hope to be doing. Yeah, um, I feel the same way. And I'm feeling, you know, Jeff, I, I don't want to downplay the horror that you're living through because um, it sounds really, really scary. Um, here in Seattle, it feels like things are somewhat under control. And I mean, I, I just had a uh, potentially life-threatening experience um, with my blood clot last week that like uh, that I was able to get treated in a, in a way that was relatively safe and it, it, between that and all this news, I'm feeling like a little bit hopeful for the year, you know? Um, yeah, I, but, I, I hope you're right, man. I, I want to, I asked my wife too. I was like, honey, we have this question I'm going to be talking about tonight. What do you think but next year at this time? How many movies do you think I've seen in a movie theater? Yeah. And she goes zero. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope, mm-hmm. I hope we're wrong, man. I don't, I don't want to be negative Nancy over here. You know, I, I really don't, but it's just, it, 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 it's hard to see a way out at this point. Yeah, I think it'll be a few. Uh, yeah, but it's not going to be like I'm hanging out with. Uh, I'm going to raves and stuff and licking licking <laughs> normal telephone. normal yeah. Dave Chen activities. Yeah, it's not like normal Dave Chen activities like licking random strangers and going yeah. to raves and you know um, inhaling people's particles. You know, like yeah, not not normal stuff. It like must that. have been difficult for you to give all that up. <laughs> It was pretty challenging. Not gonna lie, yeah. I'm, th- I'm glad you're recognizing it, though. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's that's validating. Yeah. Well, we hope that you are staying safe and healthy out there, and that 2021 is a better year for you than 2020. Uh, and we are hoping that for all of us here on the podcast. Thanks to all of our patrons at patreoncom podcast for making this episode possible. And again, this is the last episode uh, of the After Dark that will be posted on the main feed, at least in a fairly timely fashion. So if you want to receive more of these, patreon.com slash film podcast. Thanks. We'll see you next week. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Okay. I want to thank you, Dave. Because you, you know, you really do a lot of work week to week. All year long, it has been not easy to, to keep the ship together. You really put together the plan for the Patreon. Uh, You know, I'm grateful for Devendra as well. And the, the fact that we get to keep making the show and listening to you guys with your passion and intelligence and what you bring to talking about movies is very valuable to me and something I cherish. I, even the nights that I start this process in a bad mood, you know, there, mm-hmm, there are mm-hmm. plenty of times where we get on here and I've uh, just been dealing with my kids and trying to, survive another dinner and putting them to bed and crawling in front of a microphone and and just the idea of transitioning between family time and this time is just it it, it can be rough and within, I, I would say jeff's mood i would graph it in a linear upward trajectory whenever we do the podcast so when well, we're in the always pre- start uh disgruntled Come <laughs> when on, we're man. in the pre-show uh sometimes jeff is like 
I'm just like, oh my gosh, Jeff, like, are you okay? Are we, are we going to have like a bad episode? Uh, and then by the end, Jeff is like having a blast. Barely He's hanging on, like... barely hanging on when we start. <laughs> That's my just being kids a parent, beat Jeff. me down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My kids are trying, actively trying to destroy me <laughs> and uh, they're succeeding 90%. And I crawl in here with 10% of myself and you guys rejuvenate me and I'm grateful for it. Uh, I want to say that on the record, even if it's the after dark yeah. that nobody listens to. I appreciate that, uh, Jeff. And yeah. you know what? I, I love doing this. We I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love seeing a movie every week and coming back and talking with you guys and you know sharing our thoughts with our listeners. I'm glad we could still do this it, despite everything that's happened. It kind of makes me think we could do this no matter what happens. You know, we survived the pandemic uh, as a podcast for now. Well, uh, not yet. We'll, we'll see. Davindra is... Don't, We'll see. Tavindra is poking the 2021 yeah, right now. We're just really tempting. We're me. fine. We're really totally tempting. fine. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing bad could possibly happen to any one of us on the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there were several people that pointed out, like, "Hey, the fact that you kept this weekly podcast going is amazing." And I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, huh? I never thought of it as a massive, like, as any kind of achievement, really. Um, but. <laughs> But uh, I guess, you know, when you premise your podcast about new movies coming out every week and the podcast survives, it says something good about you and your listeners. So thanks to everybody we, who uh, has kept this shambling corpse of a show alive. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> I Also, we should also thank Beatty uh, again, who is phenomenal and wonderful and um, edits our show and, and we is invaluable. So uh, thank you, Beatty. And uh, thank you both. And thanks to our listeners and our patrons, especially our patrons. Thank you. Woo! Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll see you soon. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. The biggest international festival for the business of podcasting is back. The Podcast Show London will bring together thousands of podcast creators under one roof on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Also featuring major industry players, global brands, and some of the most iconic voices in podcasting. Plus, creator meetups, networking, and an evening festival of unmissable live shows. Passes from £89. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com. Podcast Show London.